Welcome to Church Ahead, the weekly Christian podcast talking about big questions facing the future of church with Rev L all the way from the north of England. Episode 21, Clergy Normal. Do you like to see your clergy with a rugby ball or a nose ring? In most occupational groups, there'll be something they tend to be sensitive about. When I worked in a bank, people were sensitive about being called boring. When I worked in a hospice, the staff were nervous about people thinking they carried home the pallor of death. In the building industry, they worried about being thought physically weak. So what is it the clergy, I know, are slightly sensitive about? What is it that activates their anxiety about how they're seen by others when they're out and about? To put it in negative terms, it's being thought odd and weird, not very at home in this world, not very at ease with the real world as it is. To put it positively, they want to be seen as normal. Now, of course, most of them are normal, but I'm talking about perception. I'm talking about how they seem, and in particular, how they think they're seen. How they feel about the way others see them. Clergy care about their image, and others have never been slow to tease them about this. Think of the vicars in Jane Austen novels, anxious to please and fit in with their noble neighbours, and slightly nervous about their status and how they should behave. When I used to go to the Proclamation Trust crash courses for young clergy, Dick Lucas, the influential conservative evangelical vicar of St Helen's Bishopsgate, who had such a hold over my generation of evangelicals, used to mock the Reverend Timothy Farthing, the mild-mannered indecisive vicar of Dad's Army, as exemplifying all the qualities we should avoid. That man was an odd vicar type, and what we should aspire to be is simply normal. I suppose there was quite a decent theology behind this. We saw our role in the church and society as to provide a credible model of ordinary normal Christian life for anybody to see and follow, not to provide a theatrical caricature of a strange religious creature out of place in this world. I think most clergy have got it. They know they're supposed to be normal in the face of a great deal of prejudice, that they're not normal, that there's something inherently abnormal about anyone who works for the church. So if you're with me so far, let's ask the question, how do clergy signal I'm normal? Because there's more to this than you might imagine, and I think it's changed over the years. So let's begin with my generation of clergy, who set out for ordained ministry in 1991. Amongst my theological college pals, a lot of them would have used sport to set out their normality. Team sports like rugby, soccer and cricket were especially good at showing not only were you muscular, but manly and a team player. No desert father mystics here. 
When I was 18 and had been accepted by Hatfield College at Durham University, they sent me a copy of the students' own unofficial prospectus for the university. And with each college, there was a cartoon characterising that college. And the cartoon for my college, Hatfield, showed a muscly rugby player pinning down a weedy-looking young man wearing a cassock with a cross round his neck. Now, as a theology student who'd never played rugby, I have to say I felt slightly intimidated by that. Hatfield was very much a sports college, and I was there with several Olympic athletes and England rugby players. I wasn't much good at sport, but I learned that if I went in for college supper on a Wednesday or a Saturday wearing a tracksuit, I could blend in quite nicely. Why am I going back to this underground Jewett tale? Because the evangelical clergy world of my 20s was very much like this. You talked a lot about sport, and that's how you made sure people saw you as normal. Yes, I played the game with sport, but my own strategy for staking out my normality, which probably reflects my plebe background, was, of course, pop music. Listening to pop music and talking about it, perhaps even singing it. The subtext, I suppose, was I'm not one of those classical music types. I'm down-to-earth and normal. Of course, I did like classical music, but I kept that quiet. We all have an image to manage. One of the mistakes I made at one particular Proclamation Trust preaching conference was to give a sermon illustration based on a play I'd seen at the National Theatre. Now, it's not that there was anything wrong with the theological point, but the brethren sniggered that I'd used such a pretentious cultural reference as the National Theatre. There was a brand of ice cream popular in those days, popular at theatre intervals, called Loosely Ice Cream. And for a while, I was teased with the nickname Loosely Lever, Theatre trips and posh ice cream just did not signal the sort of normal that our club was supposed to show. What about relationships? Most of my generation of curates were single, and the married people had an easy time of it because they could wheel out a spouse. Yes, you're normal and heterosexual. No celibate monks here. And, of course, wheeling out children, the best of all. Now you can model not only the individual, normal Christian life, but family Christian life with it. It's no surprise to me that lots of single clergy get not a spouse or a sprog, but a dog. What could be better for showing parishioners your normal? Well be, lie down. Oh, isn't he human and saintly, just like St Francis? Some clergy would talk up their domestic normality. They pepper their sermons with references to supermarkets, always using the trade name for heightened effect, which I'm not going to say because Church Ahead doesn't like giving free publicity to commercial companies. My generation of clergy would not talk openly about their doubts, but they would talk about their struggles with the Christian life. We were anxious not to give the idea 
that we were above or beyond the struggles everyone else faced trying to lead a good life. None of those unattainable sainthood stories, please. Now, if there was a word to describe what we evangelicals wanted to distance ourselves from in our clerical identity, I suppose the word would be churchy. Churchianity was for strange Anglo-Catholics and liberals. Christianity was our thing. And we showed this by a strange sort of anti-clericalism. When I got ordained, one of the most difficult negotiations with Henry Faithful, my vicar, was about me wearing a dog collar. He wanted me to wear a clerical collar every day. Oh, how churchy. And I preferred to keep it just for Sunday. In the end, we compromised on about three days per week. No, we didn't want to be churchy. We would not even accept the word religious used about us. For us, that was a pejorative term for churchy people. No, we were normal disciples of Jesus. Religion was something others did. What we did was relationship with God through Christ. If anybody called us religious, we would have taken that as an insult. It was fashionable amongst my cohort of evangelical clergy to pretend we didn't know what ecclesiastical words meant. One diocesan residential conference advertised Compline at 9pm. So we pretended we thought Compline was a bedtime drink and asked, would it be served in a mug or a cup? Childish shenanigans, yes, but we were deadly serious about avoiding looking churchy. Yes, when I come to think of it, our brand of normality had a lot to do with what we didn't want to be seen as. We wanted to be muscular, not weak. Masculine, not feminine. And looking back on those innocent days when all the gay people I knew were still in the closet, I suppose there was a sexuality dimension to this too. A lot of those men were gay, but we all wanted to look straight. Why? Mainly because that's what we thought normal looked like. So that was clergy trying to look normal in my little world a generation ago. What about the clergy of today? How do the women and men of today signal their normality in ordained ministry? Does being seen as normal still matter to the clergy? Very much, as far as I can see. But the way they try to show it has moved on quite a long way. And I think it reflects some important changes in the evolution of church leadership. As far as the sins beginning with the letter S are concerned, the most common thing amongst liberal and Catholic clergy used to be smoking. But now I think it's more likely to be swearing. What the BBC calls strong language, and I call bad language, is more common from clergy mouths. What about clergy appearance? Well, bodily decoration of popular kinds, piercings on the face, especially nose rings and visible tattoos are increasingly popular ways to say, look at me, I am a person of the people and clothes are less likely to be new, cleaned and pressed 
a more lived-in look is more fashionable. I can't imagine many clergy today shining their shoes on a Saturday night as I did. Some of these cultural symbols have a class dimension. The clergy of my day were and presented themselves as middle class. Today the church wants to reflect the community it serves a bit more, to use the jargon of many British institutions. And so working class clergy play up their natural accents. And even those from privileged backgrounds make an effort to sound less posh. Class in the church is a big issue of its own. I'm talking today about how clergy fit in and send out those signals, subtle and not so subtle, to say, I'm normal just like you. In sermons, we avoid all reference to highbrow culture and perhaps talk about the plot lines of TV soap operas or the lives of popular celebrities. In Manchester, we talk quite a lot about our footballers. We're much more likely to talk about politics, generally with the assumption speaker and listener alike are left of centre. We talk less about religion and more about ourselves. The pulpit, if ever we use that arcane piece of furniture, is more of a confessional. But if we can be bothered to say something about Christian theology, we're more likely to admit our doubts. And if we're talking about the church, it will probably be criticism. Yes, yes, we clergy are very normal, just like you. I suppose I've got two concerns about all of this. Number one, in our genuinely diverse, identity-conscious modern Britain, what signals normal to one group will probably annoy other groups? And second, how do the clergy balance the need to be normal with their calling to be set apart and to offer something distinctive, not available everywhere else? Yes, clergy need to show they are normal, but it's easy to get this wrong. One of the ways I used to stake out my normality when I met people as a clergyman is I would often say, I'm no monk. Although that was a cleverly evangelical thing to say, distancing myself from these weird religious types, I suppose the truth is I'd hardly ever met a monk or a nun. So I will never forget the evening we had a pair of Catholic nuns round to dinner. These middle-aged women had taught in grammar schools as part of their order. One of them had been the head teacher. And I sat there listening to these wonderful women talk. And not only was I deeply impressed by them, I thought, wow, these people are some of the most down-to-earth, normal and spiritual people I've ever met. What wonderful Christian leaders. What a fool I was to set out my pitch for normality by saying I'm not one of these. Thank you for listening to episode 21. To prepare for next week, please could you find and listen to Billy Joel's song Piano Man, which is going to show us 
some wonderful insights into the ordained vocation.